to stand or to fall. You'll have to admit the Bible does say that we can fall from grace. It says so in the book of Galatians in chapter 5. In verse 4 where it says, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. But does that mean you can fall from salvation? I believe that you'll see in just a moment that it does not refer to losing your salvation. No man, once he is saved, can ever lose his salvation. One of the best ways to study the Bible and to understand what the scriptures are teaching is always use the lens of the gospel to discern the rest of the scriptures. So if you really understand the gospel, really believe it, you have a greater potential of understanding deeper truths than anyone else will ever come close to. Look there at the first verse. To stand or to fall, it is my choice. Now once you trust Christ as your Savior, you are on the foundation. The foundation is Christ. And Christ is a foundation that never changes. Now you may tremble on the foundation, but the foundation will never tremble under you. You're on the foundation. There is no other. Romans chapter 5 and verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. But in the first part of this verse, when he talks about this grace wherein we stand, you see, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were saying, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid for my sins, and that I'm saved by grace. God gives me eternal life. I am his child. And that is a definition of salvation by grace. It's not of works. You stand right there. That's my position. That's my position. So God saves you based upon your belief of what he promised. Because that's what faith is. Faith is not staggering at the promise of God, but believing it. Now, whenever you believe that, God wants you and I to stand on that truth all our life. Now, if you quit believing that and standing for that, then you'll have questions and doubts in your mind, but it doesn't change the fact that God has saved you and that God has given you eternal life. God cannot change that at all. But you will not have the confidence. You will not have the assurance that you need, and so therefore it's going to cost you in your Christian life because you won't serve the way you should because you doubt your salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, so that your faith should stand in what God says, not in what man says about God. In other words, if your only hope of salvation is based upon what Yankee told you, or what you just believe what I say, instead of you verifying it with what the book says, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? Now what are you going to do? So you should believe what you believe because the Bible teaches that and you're convinced of that so that your faith is not in the pastor. It's not in the church. It's not in your good works. It's only in what the Lord says. And you understand what His Word says and you believe what He said. Remember, even the people that came out that day to see the woman at the well says, we believe, 
not because of the woman, but because we heard him ourselves. And we believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So you are to believe what you believe because it is the truth and you see it and you understand it and you believe that. But not to stand in the wisdom of man regardless of how wise the man might seem to be. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1. This is where we usually get a definition of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. So where is our position? We stand upon the gospel. That is our foundation. That's what gets us into the family of God, into the kingdom of God. So that we know what we believe, we know why it's true, because of what Christ has done and what he said. Only by Christ coming back from the dead do we understand that God accepted the payment. That's why Jesus Christ then can be the propitiation or the satisfaction for our sins. Wherein ye stand. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13, look at this. It says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men, be strong. Now here he's changing it just a little bit, because now we're talking about standing as a result of our choice after we have been saved. It's a, uh, a statement that warns us, because he says here, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Now if he has to tell us and to warn us to stand fast in the faith, it means that it might, might be possible and must be possible that a man may not stand fast in the faith. So you may know Christ as your Savior and you have um, become grounded in the Word of God, but is it possible that you could not stand for the faith but fall in the faith? Can you fall? Can you stop believing what you now believe? Yes, you can. But if you did, would you still be saved? Yes, you are. Because God cannot deny Himself. But notice what he says here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Now here he's talking about us reigning with Christ. So there is a price to pay for your disobedience. For my disobedience, there is a price that will pay in eternity. Not just maybe in the kingdom reign, but for how long, I do not know. It might be forever. In verse 13, if we believe not. In other words, what you say, oh, I don't believe it anymore. Look at the last part of the verse. Yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. He can't deny himself. Because he made a promise, and his promise was that if you trusted him one time, like drinking that water one time, he has to guarantee you that you'll never thirst again. And if you eat that bread one time, then he guaranteed that you wouldn't have to eat that bread again. It means you, you don't need to get saved again. So God cannot deny himself. So when he says up there in uh, verse uh, 17, look in verse 17. And their word will eat as doth a canker, or in some translation they put it cancer, but it's just like that. Of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred. So they did know the truth. But now they have erred concerning the truth. But not only have they erred concerning the truth, it says here, saying that the resurrection is past already, and you ought to underline the next statement, overthrow the faith of some. So some Christians have their faith overthrown. In other words, they don't believe it anymore. 
They get so confused, they get mixed up because of what somebody else has told them. But now notice what he says, overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. And you ought to underline this. The Lord knoweth them that are his. So the Lord knows you, even though you may get to where you don't know the Lord. So once you've trusted Christ as Savior, you have eternal life, and God said that he would never cast you out. I want you to look there in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, and look there in verse 18. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18 says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Now the Christian life is war. It is a warfare. In other words, you're fighting against the devil and he wants to win. You're fighting against the lust of the flesh, and it wants to win. You're fighting against the temptations of the world, and they want to win. And the trials of the, the earth, you, you are in a battle. A battle for your soul. That means your life upon the earth, the effectiveness that you can have. Because, see, there's a God in heaven that wants to reward his children in the kingdom, and many of God's children are forfeiting every last thing they could have had. This life is the best days of our life. Because it's such a great opportunity that God has given to every one of us to be found faithful. Now, he can't eliminate the war, and then you expect to wear the medals. You've got to fight the battles. Fight the battles. And this is why the Bible says, endure to the end. You and I are supposed to endure to the end, not for salvation, but for the Christian life. Endure for how long? Just this day? Tomorrow? No, the end. All your life. Serve the Lord with everything that you got. Don't stop. Now look what he says in verse 19. Holding faith and a good conscience because you can lose your faith. Some people have their faith overthrown. They were saved but no longer believe. But they're still saved. They'll still go to heaven. I think a lot of people who afterward think they're going to go to hell are going to be very surprised to wake up when they die and find out they're in heaven. And then won't it be just as surprising that people who think they're going to heaven will wake up and they find themselves in hell? And that's the case too. I think there going to be a lot of surprises on both sides. I would rather a child of God go to heaven in diapers than not go at all. If we believe salvation was something else, we would say, well, they have to prove that they're saved now. Or they've got to do all these good things. A man can do the most wicked of things, but if he's trusted Christ as Savior... That is the, the crux of the matter, where God is so good that he would give us as a free gift eternal life. See, there's sometimes, I think, people who really don't believe that. Say they believe it, but don't really believe it. Well, I, I, inwardly, I, I believe they ought to do something. There ought to be some proof. No, there don't have to be any proof. Anytime you think a person has to have some proof, you're going to become a fruit inspector. You're going to be start looking for results in a person's life to see whether or not they're really saved. You only have one thing to go by. Does that person put their faith in Christ, and that alone is their only hope of going to heaven, that's all you can look at. Now, as a person who's supposed to love the Lord, yes, we can look at their lives and see whether or not do they love the Lord by the way they live. And the best we can do is to try to look at him and see whether or not, you know, he said, if you love me, then serve me. So if a person, because you can be a Christian and not love the Lord and not serve the Lord at all. But should you? Yes. Should you dedicate your life? Yes. But look what he says in the last part of this verse. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. 
So they were in the ship, but they have had shipwreck. They were saved, but as far as their life goes, their lives are a wreck. And they have fell upon the rocks of disbelief. No longer understand. No longer solid. No longer strong. A Christian can fall. Can you fall? Yes, you can. Can I fall? Yes, I can. Now look at the next verse. 2 Corinthians 1.24 says, Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy. For by faith you stand. See, the only way that you can stand in the Lord is by your faith. And if your faith is overthrown, you're not going to stand for the Lord. It won't matter what church you go to. It won't matter how you live. It won't matter if you give or you don't give. It won't matter if you witness or don't. And nothing matters because your faith can be overthrown. And it is a fight. It is a battle. And the thing that you and I are supposed to be concerned is that we want people to stand fast in the faith so that their joy is full. Like he says, but are helpers of your joy. We want people to have full assurance and to have joy in the Christian life. And so they can be strong enough that whenever the trials come and testings come, they can be strong enough to weather it. See, many Christians can't take the trials and tribulations. They fall completely apart. And uh, that's just a sign they're not strong in the Lord. They're weak Christians, but still a Christian. Look at the next verse. In Galatians in chapter 5, verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. So if it's a command for us to stand fast, it also means that you may not stand fast. That you could lose your footing. That you could fall away. And you can. Remember, you never fall away from salvation, but you may stop believing in salvation by grace. And if you don't believe in salvation by grace, then you're going to question your own salvation. And then if you don't really understand whether you're really saved and you start teaching works for salvation, then you're going to confuse a lot of other people. And you can begin to teach and preach a cursed message. So he says here, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So is it possible for a person to become entangled again? Yes. With the law? Yes. In other words, a lost man believes you've got to be good to go to heaven. He finds out it's only by grace. Well, if he don't stay strong in that and keep believing what he's supposed to by getting into the Word, so he can begin to believe what he used to believe. And become entangled again. Think just like he did before he ever trusted the Lord. Look at the next verse. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 14, put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to what? Stand. Well, if you don't put on the whole armor of God, it means that you probably won't stand. Why do you think a preacher wants people to come to church so that he can teach them the Bible, how to understand what God says? Why? For his benefit? No. It's for the people. It's for them so they can stay strong in the Lord. People who stop coming to church don't last long. They don't last. They'll be getting into all kinds of things that they never thought they would ever do and believe in things they thought they'd never believe. Because you see, this is a step of obedience to meet together with God's people so that you can stay strong. If you don't do that, you're not going to be there. You will fall. Verse, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the... Who is that fella? Of the devil. Now, that means that the devil is able to trick you. We talk about the wiles of the devil, the tricks of the devil, because that's what he does. He lies, he deceives, and so this is why a lot of Christians are not very strong in the Lord. Now, look in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. 
Only let your behavior, your conversation, your manner of life, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit. So it may be possible, and it is possible, that a person doesn't stand fast in the Lord. He said that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. See, it's not automatic. Well, if you're really saved, you'll serve the Lord. No, you won't. Otherwise, why we got this? It'd be automatic. It isn't automatic. Not everybody serves God. Not everybody walks with the Lord. Many of God's children are in the world. He says, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Be not conformed to the world. But many of them do. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Now, that's what God wants His people to do. Everybody believe in the same thing, because you only got one Bible. You don't have two Bibles. That's why you shouldn't have two or three different kinds of churches, let alone a thousand different kinds of churches. If everybody approached this book and believed this book and the Holy Spirit taught us all this book, do you think the Holy Spirit in, in this book will teach me to believe one thing and teach you to believe something else that's totally contrary? No. It's because people are not believing what the book says. They use the Bible and twist the Bible, put a spin upon the Scriptures because they can't believe it means what it says. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for it, my joy and crown. Now get this. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. So if He has to tell you to stand fast in the Lord, is it possible then that you might not stand fast in the Lord? Yes, because that's why He's warning us challenging us, beseeching us that we stand fast. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand, get this, perfect and complete in all the will of God. See, God saving you and saving me is just the beginning of our Christian life. It's not the end of it. It's not that, you know, that was all that God wanted to do was just to save your little soul so you didn't go to hell. That's just the beginning. There's your whole life. Everything involves you. God wants you to do what He wants you to do, and that's what we're after. We're trying to get God's people to serve the Lord and to be found faithful. Do you find out it's difficult? Isn't it difficult to get people to be faithful? How difficult is it just to get people to go to church? Think what could be done with God's work if all of God's people believed the same thing and were as dedicated as they ought to be. Could turn the world upside down. Now look what he says there in this next verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8 says, For now we live, if ye stand fast in the Lord. For what thank can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God. Did you notice that standing fast in the Lord and the joy of the Lord go together? There's a lot of people who want to be happy in the Lord. I just want to be happy. They want to have joy. But joy comes because of your stand that you have in the Lord. Not that you're saved. I mean, saved, I'm in joy that I'm saved. I'm not going to hell. I know, but that, I mean, I'm not in heaven yet. I still got a life to live. So your strength in the Lord is what's going to give you joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And a lot of Christians are weak. They don't have any strength. And you don't have the strength. You don't have the joy. Because, you see, you focus upon your problems and all everybody's got them. 
But if that's all you focus upon, that becomes so big and it, it can just drain you dry. And next thing, you're not a happy camper. You're not happy with anything. But joy of the Lord doesn't matter what happens. You know it's just temporary. You're going to be passing through it and God will give you the strength and the grace you need to bear it. Regardless of the temptation, you know that your heavenly Father is not going to allow anything greater than what you can stand. And you can stand it. You say, I just can't take it anymore. Yes, you can. You can take anything God gives you. You never have to fall. We fall because it's a choice. Failure in the Christian life is our choices. It's not the will of God. It's what we do because we take our eyes off the Lord because we're weak in the Lord. Look at the next one. In 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2 and verse 15, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. If he has to tell you this, it means that it's possible that you may not stand. And when he says here, stand fast, hold the traditions which you have been taught. In other words, keep believing that, continue in the faith. You'll find it mentioned throughout the book of Hebrews about continuing the faith and enduring to the end And in the book of Matthew. All these scriptures, that, but they mean something. And But everybody wants to take that, endure to the end. That's talking about you've got to hang in there if you want to get saved finally, eventually. It's not talking about that. Now look at the next one. Fall, 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 fall. Can a Christian who refuses to stand fall? Now look there in Romans chapter 13 and verse 14. It says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Does that mean that it's possible? If God has to tell us not to do it, it means that maybe some Christians will do it. Not only will they fall themselves, but they become a stumbling block to other Christians. And you put a stumbling block in a brother's way and cause him to fall. Can a Christian fall in the servant of the Lord? Yes. I see it all the time. And yet I cannot allow all the people that fall so discouraged and disappoint me and get me in, get me in such despair that it ain't worth doing it at all. Then just let, just let them all. Just do whatever they want to do. I don't care anymore. And just develop an I don't care attitude. You can't do that. You still strive. You always have, because you'll have a few people that will serve the Lord and it makes it worth it. But whether they do or whether they don't, you still have a responsibility to challenge and exhort one another to do right. Look at the next verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he do what? Lest he fall. And who is the one that can fall? The one that thinks, it ain't going to happen to me. It'll never happen to me. Boy, I'll never fall. You can fall at any time. You know how long it takes to yield to a temptation? Oh, about like that. Don't take long at all. You can fall very quickly. All you got to do is take your eyes off the Lord. It can happen to anybody at any given time. I don't care who you are. I don't care if whether it's the preacher, the deacons, or anybody else. The layman in the church. Everybody's susceptible because we all have a sinful nature and the, and, the, and the devil knows how to lure. He knows how to trap and get us to fall. Remember, the devil is after one thing, to get a Christian to fall from standing in the faith. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6 says, Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 7. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So is it possible for a Christian to fall into the snare of the devil? All these are warnings to us because it's possible. If it wasn't, 
then there's been no sense in putting it into the book. And if it was all less automatic, you know, that if you're really saved, you're, gonna, you're really going to serve the Lord if you're really saved, then why are, what, what's the, who are these verses to? Because there's people who fall and they don't serve the Lord. And some of them will never amount to a hill of angels. They'll never be strong. And that's why he made the statement in the book of Corinthians in chapter 11 where he talks about, he said, and some are sick and some are weak and some are what? Dead. Why are they dead? Because they fell. And why are they weak? Because they fell. Why are they sick? Because they fell. Christians fall. Fall into temptation. Fall because of the devil. Fall because they get lifted up with pride. You name it, Christians can fall. And they fall away from the truth of God's Word. They can fall to every wind of doctrine that comes along. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 says, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and do many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drowned men in destruction and perdition. Isn't that a warning about being rich? And yet you'd be surprised how many people want to be, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. It's better just to serve the Lord with what you got, where you are, and if God blesses you, praise the Lord. If He doesn't, that's fine too. If some people never learn, money is not the purpose of the Christian life. The possessions of this world is not where it's at. That's not what makes happiness. That doesn't bring peace and joy and all that. Doesn't bring the purpose. God can use everything we have, and we ought to use it for the Lord. When he says here, they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and in many foolish and hurtful lusts. In other words, it's a result of choices that we make. Look in Second Peter in chapter one and verse ten. Wherefore the rather brethren, so we're talking to Christians, brethren. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never do what? And you won't fall. These see, are verses in the Bible that warns us so we can choose to stand or to fall. But it's all because of decisions that we make. So he says here, if you do these things, you won't fall. But look in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 7, he says, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye note these things before, beware lest ye also, beware, lest ye also, get this, being led away with the error of the wicked. So can a beloved, a brethren, be led away with the error of the wicked? Look at it. I didn't write this verse. This is the Bible. He says, fall, fall from your own steadfastness. Is it the will of God that all of his people stay steadfast in the gospel and to stay strong in the Lord? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Because if you don't, then you're going to be falsely susceptible to the wiles of the devil. Then when he makes a statement there in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 4, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. Can a Christian fall from grace? Yes. It means falling from grace is failing to keep believing that you're still saved by grace. You see, when you were saved, you were saved because you believed you were saved by grace. All right, later on, you no longer believe you're saved by grace. So you have fell from what you used to believe. But did you fall from salvation? No, you can't fall from salvation. 